They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of they talking all of they talking all of this madness. Hello everybody, talking. welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host for the night, Ail Aaron Lloyd. I'm joined by my best friend, X2 Flyer, Eric Shambicki. How you doing, baby? I'm doing decent, but a little better right now. Oh man, I, I got a nice, co- I got a nice little co- collection that got drunken over the weekend. Uh, um, wow, no invite, kind of crazy. Is that Delaware beer? No invite, kind of crazy. Well, you don't need invites anymore. Yeah, you keep saying that. Uh-huh, you've had a, you've had an open window invite for almost a decade. So me yeah. just flirting you, with you uh, the, now no invite, geez. still new. I didn't have the space. I got plenty of space now. I got your whole room. We got to hide from whoever at this point. Uh, so that Delaware beer has been brewing in this house lately. So as always, as always, iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, and Stitcher, and Ringstar Collectibles use promo code and man and save ten percent off your order. So um, we're not really going to talk about weekly stuff this week unless you have something to talk about. But this is pretty much more of a catch up and some general conversation. A couple fun, few fun topics we could talk about. So. I guess we'll start with this since you are the resident belt guy. And spoiler alert, it took you less than two hours to like the belt and for it to grow on you. I think I think it was like a two hour, two time span. Uh I wanna say it was an hour, but I could be wrong. I don't I'm, I maybe I should check the timestamp on the message, but you're you're within right realm. I mean, I think I was very iffy on it from the first reveal, then when WWE shot pictures were going around, and then I just kept marinating on it. Before I continue to give any more thoughts, I'm sure you got a lot to say about it, but I also do want to know, what is your thoughts on this future World Heavyweight Championship? I I don't necessarily hate it. Um, Like, as far as the belts have come as of late, I think none of them have been, like, knocked my socks off. Like, I remember the last belt I actually liked that they debuted was the North American belt. And you never liked that belt for a long time. It took you a really long time Mm -hmm. to like that belt. But as far as the belts... two years. Yeah. As far as the belts, it's like, it is what it is at this point. And with WWE, it's basically... WWE is basically all about branding at this point. That's why it's... WWE logo is is slab right in the middle. And I didn't listen listen to this yet, but somebody posted in the Major Pod group, but Brian said it was the big gold and the Cruiserweight title had sex and (laughs) had a baby and that was it. Which is it's, pretty much spot on. And I was going to come in here and say, I'm not sure if you remember this, but um, when Impact was going through one of its many problems, they slapped the Impact sticker over the GFW belts. And that's what, it kind yeah. of, that's what that kind of reminds me of. They just smacked the WWE, WWE logo sticker in the middle of the uh, big gold plate. But I don't, like, it's, it's whatever at this point. Everybody's going to like it in the long run eventually. It'll look way better with somebody's side plates, but I don't really have any hiccups with it. It'll also look better when someone's holding it. Yeah. Depending who holds it. Yeah. Um, so for the people that could give two shits about wrestling championship belts, they're probably going to be beating up the fast forward button right here. But all right, that belt. So I think a many different reasons, many different things um, we're going in my head. First off, when you're saying about your, you know what current belts, you you know I'm just gonna be speaking WWE. How do you not like the current United States Championship? Oh, I forgot all about that. You're right. That thing is fire. I, I did forget about that. You're right. I actually have been decluttering and I've sold a lot of my belts, and I think maybe in a year or two I'll go crazy again and be back to 20 plus belts. But I'm trying to get into single digits 
I'm still not there, but I'm getting close. Um, however, I but I really want that belt. I've wanted that the current U.S. belt for a while, and I've been telling myself I could get rid of every current belt I have, and if I just get that U.S. belt, I'd be happy. Um, if that'd be my only current WWE design. However, again, back back to this new World Heavyweight Championship. So it's it's a good mashup of a lot of things. Center plate currently or clearly is playing a lot of homage to the World Heavyweight Championship. Judging by what WWE does for all pro sports, once anyone becomes a world champion in there, and by mailing them a WWE title, have that big WWE logo, give them the custom side plates. I get why they put the a large WWE logo in the, in the center. Um, but it's not as big as the last design. It's medium size. And then, you, so you have some a nod to the big gold. You have it staying current to the current titles that Roman has by having a large WWE logo or, again, uh, a medium-large logo there. And it's also still going with that because these side plates are way different than the side plates that were in the big gold. They're kind of similar to the current heavyweight titles. So I think it's a good mashup of current day belts with the big gold by, you know, having the swirls and everything there on the side. Um, my only nitpick, I think that would just make it better. And a lot of people said this with the IC belt, but I guess maybe because of drafts and stuff and constantly would, would potentially have to change the belt. I think the globe should be blue. But I understand maybe why they don't want red or blue in there because of, you know, brand supremacy. It's kind of like maybe that's why they got away from the red arch underneath the WWE logo in case this ends up on SmackDown or when eventually there's a draft in a year or two and the belts switch shows. Um, but we've both said it on the show many times. The worst thing about pro wrestling is wrestling fans. Like you said, People are going to hate it until, you know, maybe they're side plates or it's on the right person. It's so easy to make jokes about things like this. Like, yeah, like, it's right. Brian's right. It does look like the Cruiserweight belt, which had that WWE logo in the center with a mix of the heavyweight title. But then you got the people that hate everything that WWE does, which, you know, I like to complain about it. But, oh, this is a ripoff of the big platinum AEW's belt because the WWE logo is in the center, just like it is in the AEW title. That is the stupidest reach I've ever heard. <laughs> That's like saying, oh my God, AEW copied WWE because it has a nameplate. Mm-hmm. It, it's so asinine. Or like, you know, Richie, Richie's going to come at me when he's listening to this tomorrow. But uh, Richie sends the meme that this is going to turn into the 24 7 title. Like, how stupid is that? Like, whenever has the World Heavyweight title, except for WCW in 2000, been compared to the 24-7 <laughs> So right. it's like, you know, they like, I don't understand how people can't be open-minded to certain things. Or like, you know, if people were clamoring for one year, we had one synonymous world champion. In a few weeks, we'll have two world champions again. So they're getting their wish. But now they're going to complain about that. And I understand, like, it's funny on, online, make the memes, you know, Roman having them all. My favorite meme was, like, next year, Ro- Roman has both belts, but then there's going to be a belt that looks like the winged eagle. Then he's going to have four belts. <laughs> then in two years, he's going to be – and it was, like, the current belt with 
Like I, I the, saw the outside of it with the with the undisputed in the center kind of looks fly, but it, it's it's just nuts. And my favorite thing is just uh, not my favorite thing. It just kills me how just a bell comes and people just complain and complain and complain. The one thing that was cool when you go back and watch it, if you watch when Foley and Steph unveil the Red Universal, the crowd shit on it. The crowd went off. I was there. Manner for Triple H. I, I was no, there. But, but I'm saying, on oh. Raw, this oh, thing, yeah. you weren't at Raw. Where you? No, I was about to say, gee, that's the second thing you didn't invite me? Uh, you didn't uh, invite me for Delaware Pierce at the new house. They didn't invite me to Raw. No, when they unveiled the belt, because that was a SummerSlam, I was there. Mm-hmm. So I remember it. Well, you were passionate. Yeah, uh-huh. Both y'all were booing, too. Marks. <laughs> so, as far as the belt, um, it's official that we're getting two world champions again because they are going all in with the WWE draft. Now, do you feel that that belt is needed at this point? Yes. Um, yes, it's needed because I think it is actually probably in perfect timing. So people may hate me for this. Like I've enjoyed everything the Judgment, Judgment Day has been doing. I love seeing LWO as a new faction. I love seeing them, but that's starter in SmackDown. Now we've seen it on Raw, which we got the debut of a new theme music for them this week. Um, but I'll tell you, a week ago, two weeks ago, I was very much like, all right, I need to get back to two years ago when I didn't watch Raw. Like, I just need to not watch WWE, and I'll, I'll watch the premium live event. Because if Roman's not going to be there, we're not going to be seeing a world champion on either show. We're barely going to be seeing something going on with the tag titles because there's one unanimous champion. So I'm not an Austin Theory fan. I get that that's the point. Like, he's a heel, blah, blah, blah. But, like, I don't see him dropping the title soon. Walt, Walter's not dropping the IC title. So it's just like, like I don't know. I'm not looking at it like there's something I'm really looking forward to. But then they're throwing the curveball. Like, Bad Bunny's got me hooked. I want to watch, see what he's doing. Now we got him in a street fight with Damian Priest. So there, there's a little bit of stuff going on, but the world heavy, a new world championship, in my opinion, is going to definitely, it's going to be something to clamor for. And even if you're not a belt mark, people are going to be excited to see who's going to be a new world champion, don't you think? Yeah, of course. So um, I think the question I should have asked you first was, do you think the draft is needed? Yeah, yeah, because we need to stop we need to stop people being on both shows. It, it, it's typical WWE. The draft happens a year and a half later or a year later. I want to give them a little credit and say a year and a half. You have so much crossover that the draft starts to fade away. Then eventually they bring it back and make it monumental. And then I, I, I'm going to give them too much credit. And for the regular listeners, you know I don't normally do that for WWE. I think we have the possibility of them bringing back 2016. And that was, in my opinion, in the past 10, 12 years, maybe longer, but I've only been re-watching the product for 12 years, it, 2016 was their best year. Especially with the draft, they had SmackDown being real hot, SmackDown Live, and you know just everything going on. It was must-see TV. But I think if they divide it up, you got a new world champion over here. Let's get new tag cha- champions on both. Get a tag division popping. Get, get, get women focused on each show and you can make it good. There's obviously going to be some glaring things, but I think if you're not worth like, if you don't have a world champion to watch for like, you know, it, it may, it's such fast forward 
worthy TV to me. Yeah, so for me, I, I kind of wanted them to be done with the brand split, but one thing that I'm going to talk about in a little bit, Triple H did add depth to the roster, and a lot of those guys are actually lost at this point. So the brand split's going to help those guys, and you've been hearing the rumor around that the quote-unquote official start of the Triple H era will start after the, after the draft. So because they're going all in with this draft, I think it is needed now. What I don't want it to do, to do which I don't think it will do because the Universal title wasn't this. In most cases, the Universal title was built on a better, bigger level than the WWE title. I don't want it to eventually become what the World Heavyweight title actually became, which is kind of like a mid-card, super intercontinental title. You know, you got like... You, like you had people fighting for it, but like it wasn't like in the mid card. Nothing was important. You had guys who were who two thousands early twenty tens, right? Yeah, you you would never have like any of the top guys really fighting because the SmackDown roster, which with the belt was really on, was really lackluster, and it couldn't help hold the candle to the guys on Raw. So I don't want it to be that, but the Universal Title rectifies that concern for me because like I said the Universal Title was booked way better than the WWE Title in a lot of aspects since twenty sixteen. And it's cool that we can say that in hindsight, right? Because I don't think when the Universal title came along, we would have thought that. Yeah, of course, of course. Because of what happened with the World Heavyweight title before. Now, the only, one of the main things I'm concerned about is if I don't know if I'm going to get Samantha saying, saying undisputed because like that's like on Fink level for me at this point. Um, so I hope, I'm not sure what's, if, if Roman's is going to be the Universal champion or he's still going to be the undisputed champion. Is he going to walk around with two belts still? That's still left to be unseen, but I do think it's needed if you're going to go all in with the brand split. And sort of, like I said, the draft, like Triple H brought back all that talent so they can do a draft. They do have to do find a way to get the titles off of Owens and Zayn, which I think they can actually do because there's been some dissension in between the, between those two. I think them losing a set of titles will actually build, help build that storyline going forward, especially with uh, Sami Zayn and Jey, and Jey Uso. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, who do you think will be the champion first? Love that question. Um, I'm going to have a good follow-up for you after you give your take, too, on this. Um, I, I'm going to give you who I think is 100% who it should be. I'm going to give you my backup. And I'm going to give you two who I think it should not be. Kind of one of my two is going to contradict it, and I'll explain that when I ask you my next question. I think without a shadow of a doubt, it should be Seth Rollins. Because whether this, and I'll get to that, whether this continues a championship's lineage or this is going to be something where, like we're in 2023, talking about seven years ago, first ever universal champion, Finn Balor. Well, in seven years from now, who is the first world heavyweight champion? Seth Rollins. You can ask me in 10 years, who is the first world heavyweight champion? You say Seth Rollins, you're like, wow, man, that's, you know, right now, arguably top greatest three wrestlers in the world. I think he makes the most sense. The second person I would like it to be would be Bobby Lashley. Who I don't want it to be is Brock Lesnar (laughs) or Cody Rhodes. I don't think it's going to be Cody at all. Okay, well, who do you think it should be? I'm in agreement with you. It's going to be Seth Rollins or Bobby Lashley, because like those two. I love when we agree. Though, though, like, like Rollins, he's been excellent. Because even last year, I was talking about how Wrestle was essentially an infirmary, and he was the one that was always there all the time and put it on top performances, whether it's a promo or in the ring. 
I've kept, I kept he's done the same thing this year as well. Now Bobby Lashley, he kind of got the short end of the stick this year because he was essentially supposed to feud with Bray Wyatt. That led to nothing, and he was relegated to the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal in a, a waving segment at WrestleMania. So I think that yeah. those two will probably the, will probably be the uh, top contenders, and maybe the ones that reach the finals in whatever way they decide to crown the champion and not the champions on May 27th. But I do believe it is those two. And I, I don't think it's Cody. I think Cody's story is still about for the, blood, sure, about the sure. bloodline. So I think and they'll try to keep Cody away from that. I think it would be fun if they do tournament style and Brock is in it and gets it. Like maybe they get to semifinals and finals in Saudi and Brock's in the semi and loses in the semi, doesn't make it to the main. I think that would put help put over whether it be Bobby or Seth. Both of them have a storied history with Brock. And it could be a nice definitive win over them for either one to go to the finals. Um, that's huge fantasy booking. Um, I also Seth. I, another reason Seth was probably going to be affiliated with the title. You know that he had a hell of a babyface promo about this is what we need non part timers, and that's why I'm like, oh man, how much of a smack in the face would it be to the wrestlers and the fans? Hey, we got this title not for part timers. Here comes Brock. He's going to win it. Yeah, I did appreciate Triple H. Uh... With full transparency saying that Roman negotiated his schedule, and I wouldn't lie, if I could do the same thing, I would too. It's, it's good transparency because, remember, he was awarded the World Heavyweight title from Eric Bischoff in 02. So good uh, full come on for Triple H on that part. But yeah. I'm, I'm, looking fo- I'm looking forward to it, and um, we'll see where, where everything goes. So speaking. So of- be- before we leave the title, I got one question for you. Unless you're still in the title. No, I'm, I'm good. Go ahead. So – Real quick, just because this is something uh, Richie and I did talk about yesterday. And, you know, I think this is definitely something. It's only going to be speculation for us or a guess. So do you see this starting a, as I was just mentioning, a new lineage for a world heavyweight championship, which is kind of the way I'm leaning towards? Somebody mentioned the comment that this could either, one, continue the WWE title. Somebody also said this could pick up in 2014, or tw- I'm sorry, 2013, 2014, 2013, whenever Brock unified the titles, that it could continue that World Heavyweight Championships lineage. And then the, the counterpart to that is, is Roman, if he's going to be, is he's a singular champion now, is he the universal champion? Or, or like when he loses the belt, is that next person to have the reign? Are they continuing the universal titles reign? Or are they con- continuing for the WWE title lineage. Do you understand the question? Yeah, I understand. I understand. And that's been, I've seen that be, be the topic of wrestling Twitter and wrestling IEG. So me personally, I think it'll carry on the lineage of the world heavyweight title. Cause you know, triple H's homage is big on paying homage mm-hmm. to that yeah. stuff. So I do think it'll carry on the lineage from that. Now, as far as the universal title concerned, like I said, we still don't know what they're going to do. Cause triple H did call Roman the undisputed champion. Well, undisputed universal champion on raw. And we'll have to see what happens after May 27th on how he's introduced and pronounced. Introduced. So I think personally that it'll still be the undisputed universal title until SummerSlam. And I think that you, you may get another belt then because Cody keeps talking about this winged eagle. Yeah. So I'm sure yep. there's like a, there'll be a new belt. And I'm sure that that will just carry on the lineage of the WWE Championship because Roman technically yeah. was still the WWE Champion. So the big thing for me, which I feel bad, honestly, as a mark for the belt, and we just talked about seven years of them 
booking the universal title and then I'll get off the belt horse after this. The um, universal title was booked pretty decently for seven strong years. Right now we got Roman Reigns holding the belt for over a thousand days, knocking on 1100 days. If it goes back to just being the WWE title, that, that lineage is, is kind of over. You got, Brock with that 400 or whatever day reign he had. It was long. It was longer than Punk's reign. But right now, and I, I read this, we all know how petty WWE is. Brock beat Punk's championship reign, but he did that with the Universal title. It wasn't the WWE title. So for 10 years, 9 years, nobody has still beat Punk's record as a WWE champion. Roman holds the belt to SummerSlam. He, he's going to be beating or he sh- yeah, he should be beating it by then, I guess. Because right now, he's only at 365. So actually, I'm not even sure if he will be by SummerSlam. But that's one of the things I did read. I'm, so it's kind of one of those, like, tip for tats. Like, maybe they're going to keep it on him long enough that he breaks Punk's, like, streak with that. Like, as a world champion in WWE, he broke so many records as Universal Champion. It's just one of those things that's going to be real interesting because then they're going to look back on it. Also look at it like, what are they going to do? Like when Dolph Ziggler comes out, oh, he's a former world champion. What? What, what, what belt do he hold? That belt that's been going for so long. So now are they going to be like, remember Finn Balor used to be a universal champion. That belt that's gone. I guess that's just one reason why I'm I'm skeptical. I wonder about the history and how this is going to play out. Yeah, well, that's, what, be- they, that's what they've done the mm-hmm. entire time. But, yeah. um, oh God, I lost, my, I lost my train of thought. God. I really forgot what to say. I had a good, had a good point, but I do think that um, the universal. T- I think, I think that it's kind of strange. It really is. Oh no, this is what I was gonna say. Punk, Roman will pass Punk because Punk won at, at a Survivor Series and he lost it at the Rumble. So Roman's gonna pass that within the next maybe two, three months. So it'll be before SummerSlam because Punk beat Del Rio. Was it four thirty-four days? Something like that. But Punk beat Del Rio at Survivor Series 2011 and lost it at the, to The Rock at uh, Rumble yeah. 13. So Roman's going Roman's gonna to pass that because Roman's over 365 right now. I was wondering if it had under. Did you find it? Did make it? I'm actually no. I know that. I just want to see how how long has Roman been champion? Sorry for the dead air. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely going to pass. Yeah, he'll he'll pass it within the next two months. I'm just about positive. Yeah, I'm. I, I mean, I think so too. Well, I mean, if he wanted, I think he wanted what April second last year. Mm-hmm. Three sixty-five plus. I guess the, yeah. I guess that's one of the things. Three sixty-five. What do you gotta get? Three more months from that. I'm sure he will too. I just, I guess, like that's like the one petty thing. Like we know we're, getting, but we'll get into their pettiness short, shortly. <laughs> I'll let you. We'll we'll get off belts. Matter of fact, since we're on the topic, we'll talk about that now. So you sent me okay. this article that WWE posted, and there were, you said three omissions. Now, 
This article is about maybe even argue for, but we'll we'll actually I'm dying I'm dying to hear your 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 takes on it. But let, let's go. Okay, so WWE published an article, which was the 30 greatest world title changes in company history. Now, keyword is title changes in this. Yes. So WWE championship. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a list of 30, and when I saw this list, not even not even before I found out what the omissions were. It was more like the things that made this list. I was like, huh, really this? But I, I guess if you're talking about title changes, so I guess fine. But it was a strange list. So you told me three omissions. It took me a while to find the third one. Uh, the two that I found were the same people involved. That was Rock and Austin at 15 and 17. The title did change hands. And that is not on this list. And the other one is, of course, Punk and Cena. Okay. So you said there's a possible fourth. I'm not I know Punk and Cena is definitely on your list. I'm not sure. Punk Punk and Cena is obviously number one. I mean, I'd argue you can put especially when you read through the list, and I mean I'm not gonna hammer I, I highly recommend anyone listening to go look at this list. It's the thirty biggest WWE championship uh changes. I'll, I'm not, I won't go over for match, but I'll say number 30 is Roman winning a title. You got Ray winning a title, Taker winning a title. 27, I'm going to piss myself off, and I hope I'm pissing every listener off. Number 27 is Jinder Mahal winning the <laughs> WWE title, made this list of 30. Ridiculous. Uh, the Miz, The Miz defeating Randy Orton. Pro- really deserves to be on here. I mean, the, the controversy is something that talked about. The guy went to Mania off this title reign. You got that girl being famous for life. Number 25, you got Brock. Now, this one's questionable. Brock Lesnar squashing Kofi Kingston on a SmackDown is one of the 30 greatest WWE title changes ever. I got a huge issue with that. Um, 24, Cena over Rock at WrestleMania. Serves be here. We got 23. We got Orton over Triple H. You got Triple H winning the 2016 Royal Rumble. That's the 22nd biggest WWE title change ever. Question that. Eddie Guerrero beating Brock Lesnar. That's number 21. I thought that could be lower. You got The Rock over you me. You higher? I'm um, sorry. We get lower on the list. Oh, so oh, I oh okay. I know, I know what you Okay. Okay. Um, Rock over Mankind. Warrior over Hogan. AJ over Jinder. What's this? That was his second, his second title reign, correct? Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember popping for that. So I guess that deserves to be on the list. Is that the 18th best one of all time? I don't know. Big E defeating Bobby Lashley. All right. I'm, I mean, I'm happy Big E's run on here is, is on the list. Uh, Sean over Brett. You got Cena over JBL, which would be Cena's first title win. You got Savage over DiBiase, which that one I'm sitting here. I was like, wait, that was the main event of Mania 4? I know me personally. I don't think I've ever watched Mania 4 start to finish. I actually think I want to watch the show now. So this list actually enlightened me something there. Beginning of Macho's WWE title reign. So I was like, okay, cool. There's something interesting here. Number 11, Brock Lesnar defeats The Rock at SummerSlam becomes the youngest WWE champion. I believe that still holds up. I'm going to get, I'm going to be bringing Brock up again. We got uh, nine Ric Flair, greatest rumble in debate, 1992 Royal rumble eight Roman reigns defeats Brock Lesnar at 38. Okay. That was one I thought wasn't on the list. That is on there. And, but look, that's that number eight, the unification. We got six Cena over styles at the Royal rumble Hogan over iron Sheik. The beginning of the Austin era, number four, WrestleMania 14, Austin over Sean. Rollins cashing in for number three. 
Kofi defeating Daniel Bryan is the second biggest WWE title win. And number one, at least they got number one right. <laughs> Mankind beating The Rock on the main event of the greatest Monday Night Raw of all time. Yes, in the as I'm reading through this, in the top 10, at least at number 10, you got number nine being Ric Flair. Number 10 being Edge defeats Cena. What was that, the first cash-in ever? New Year's Revolution? Yep. Yeah. Num- number 10 should, without a doubt, be Money in the Bank, CM Punk beating John Cena. Well, did you have the other Rock and Austin matches as the title changes, as you're, the ones you were talking about, too? I did. Uh, I only had 17. Okay. I, I did not have 15. I thought 17 just due to the controversy, and it, it went to... Austin's last heel run. I thought that definitely should be in there. Um, I would also argue Brock defeating Cena in that squash. I think that's pretty monumental. You can't tell me like Brock breaks Undertaker's streak and then smashes John Cena, arguably the greatest WWE champion you could argue ever, or at least definitely in that era. And that doesn't make the list. But him squashing Kofi does. Jinder Mahal makes the list. Nah, they're just trying to put a bunch of names on this list, and I don't appreciate it. <laughs> but the other one I got, and I and obviously this is leaving out people that are not working in the company that are active wrestling. Uh, Dean Ambrose beating Seth Rollins should make the list. Oh, really? Oh, wouldn't even thought of that. M- Money in the Bank 2016, especially when, when you got the first time of, of trio faction, all three of them. One is the first that day becomes the first day all three of them are WWE have been a WWE champion. All three of them held the belt in the same night. It's the first time and the only time Dean wins the title. And you had the nerve of hearing my pop how you forgot it. You were sitting there. We were co-watching the Lakers in the finals. What was going on? It was the the Cavs. That's how bad that match, that game didn't matter to me. You yeah. should have been popping for Ambrose. I had a box that in purpose. And you know what? I forgot that Rollins won that match to begin yeah, with. So I forget that. Rollins walked, uh, Reigns walked in with the title off of his second title reign, I believe. Then you got Rollins winning the title for a second time. Then you got Ambrose cashing in. And then all three of them held the belt in that same night. It's, it's iconic. <laughs> uh, and it's, it's the only WWE figure. It's not signed, but it's the only WWE figure I keep of Ambrose that I would love to have that one signed one day. <laughs> uh, great cat, underrated cash in one that never gets you know money in the bank season. They won't talk about it, but it's it's the underrated cash in. It's in my opinion, it's probably one of the best cash ins that's happened. It happens so frequently now, especially in the women's division. But it's one of the best cash ins that's like done the same night. Yeah. Same night they won the briefcase. Yeah, especially since you put out that fact that all three guys were the champion in one night. Like I said, I, I, I completely forgot about that. That Rollins won the part that Rollins won the match because it happened so, so fast. So, at least answer this. Would you at least agree, especially with those two over there, look, the Kofi squash and Mahal winning? You can't tell me Ambrose winning the title isn't bigger than both of them. Oh, yeah. Uh, or uh, greater. Uh, at least it'll be bigger than gender in the Brock. Yeah, you're right. Those two yeah, things, yeah. for sure. Because you look at it, it's his only WWE title reign, but he he goes, he's thriving in a in a three and a half year old company right now. He's the greatest world champion they had. Jinder Mahal, what's the next thing he did? Twenty four seven champion, United States champion. Come on, and both of those are forgettable reigns. <laughs> you know what? I forgot he won the U.S. title. 
We were there. I forgot. And he lost it the next night. You know what's crazy? He beat Orton for both titles. I know. That's cr- I remember that. I think it was like a triple threat or a fatal four-way or something, and he didn't win the match. I completely forgot about that. And so, then Jeff Hardy took the belt from him. Yeah. So before we get into uh, – you want to talk about – we're on titles right now. So we'll continue to talk about titles. So you said 60 years of WWE Championship. Me and you were talking about this earlier. So, like, give me – Give me your five favorite, not best, favorite WWE championship matches. Top five. Oh, okay. Is that on the list to do? Um, yes. All right. I'm not going to go in any specific order. Okay. But I, number one, which is probably number one, the first one I'm going to mention is the main event of that illustrious Monday Night Raw. I believe it was December of 98. I'm probably wrong on years. I'm not that great with dates, but – Mankind winning the WWE title for the first time. We're going WWE Championship. We're, I'm going to go Money in the Bank 2011. CM Punk versus John Cena. The vibes, the feels. Um, I'm going to go because I'm just uh, – I'm. Damn, there's so many. Um, also, you got to make sure it's, it's for the belt. Um A weird one. Um, I swear it's for the belt, or at least correct me if I'm wrong. Sean versus Diesel, good friends, be- uh, better enemies. That's for the title, right? I believe I so. I'll go with that. Um, I'm going to go Ambrose and AJ. I believe that was SummerSlam. Yep. And no, that they- was Backlash. 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 Yeah, Backlash. Biggie Dan's basement. Um, oh man, um, there, there's so many I could come up with, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go off the wall and I'm gonna go the, the triple threat: Cena, Brock, uh, Rollins. Well, you, huh? Well, you went more modern than I thought. So mine are. Basically, I, I did it off the top of my dome. Yeah. So mine are basically the ones I've watched the most my entire life. So they're pretty much going to be from the same. Go ahead. Please, can I do one more honorable mention? Go ahead. Uh, Royal Rumble 2000, Cactus Jack, Triple H. Thank God that's there. Okay, so <laughs> my honorable mention, I have two. So that's Cena and Michaels from WrestleMania 23. Uh, HBK and Mankind and Mind Games. I was on the tip of my uh, I couldn't so remember if it was for the title. My number Good five one. is Rock, Kurt Angle, Undertaker, Vengeance 02. Number four, Austin and That Andy. should have been on the list of, thir- of 30. Please say yes, <laughs> right? That wasn't on there. Uh, I don't think. I'll to, I'll, let me go. It let me wasn't. My list it, was go not, check. it was not. But you would at least say it, it, it definitely trumps gender and Kofi oh, getting oh, destroyed. Of course. Of course. All right. Thank you. Of course. I knew we'd agree. Keep going, my friend. Because you can't have Brock being a rock on that list without having that. So number four is Austin and Angle from SummerSlam 01. That should have been on the list. That should have been on the no, list. No, it was on title change. Unforgiven should have been. Unforgiven should Stone Cold and Rocket. Unforgiven should have been top fifteen. <laughs> top fifteen. Keep going. Austin and Rocket seventeen. Uh, Triple H and Cactus at the Rumble two thousand. And number one, I talked about this for seven years consistently straight. Backlash uh, two thousand. Yes, Triple H and the Rock. 
you 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 really do love me. Uh, <laughs> so those those are my I've top five the, I think favorite I've watched the match twice, maybe, and I think one of them was for Throwback Madness. Uh huh. Yeah, excellent. It's so it's, it's fucking beautiful. And every time I see you on WWE social, I get so happy because it's um, still getting recognition twenty three years later. I'll tell you what. Um, and I I made that that fumble. If there's own and I feel bad for Sean and Austin, and I'm probably dead wrong for saying this, but if there was three WWE title matches that I could watch for the rest of my life, I could never watch another WWE title match again. It would be that Raw match. It would be that Rumble match, and it'd be the Money in the Bank because those those would be the three best I know for the title. I got so many. What do we call it? Not comfort food, but like you know, comfort matches and. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones that I know are attached to the title, especially that that street fight from the Rumble. All right. So before we uh, get to the main topic of this show, well, yeah, before we get to the main topic, I really want to talk about uh, you did we, main I'm, topic. They thought we just wanted to talk about belts today. Uh, of course not. Got to talk about a little bit more. So I haven't watched a bunch in the last few weeks since we haven't been here, but you do to per your recommendation, I did watch All Access, the first two episodes. I really did enjoy it. I really did. Uh, it gave a lot of transparency from the things that we hear about Britt Baker and her, like her alleged attitude or selfishness or whatever you want to call it, and her beef towards Thunder Rosa. And I think me and you are mature enough to understand that, you know, she has a point. And like, you take your positions, and she's not wrong. We don't. I don't know much about Thunder Rosa's position on this, but Britt's not wrong. But take it, take her, leave it, whatever. Um, she cares about the division. She cares about the, the tag of interim, which is probably the, the worst thing that I hate. When, I, when somebody just throws around an interim, just call them the champion. When the person's back, they get the first rematch. Simple as that. It's not I that. do appreciate them trying to be different from New York. I know, but I, I just I just hate that. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. Because in most cases, they end up getting the title back anyway, in most cases. But I did enjoy that. I did watch, enjoy watching the dynamic between her and Adam Cole, Austin, as they call him on the show. <laughs> so I did as enjoy that. he was that. called Di- Orange Dynamite last week. Because during his hiatus, you didn't see him at all, especially like on Brit's social media. Like they were, like she was, they were always plat. So she was, well, he was always plastered all over her socials. But during that time, we didn't know what was going on with Adam Cole and. We didn't see him anywhere because she's always pretty active. And, you know, wrestling couples are always pretty active with their significant others. And we didn't see Adam Cole for months. So we was like, what's going on with these guys? Is, there, is he okay? But it was we saw what he was going through. We saw her be by his side the entire time and kind of like keeping his head up and guiding him in the right direction. I really did enjoy that. Sammy Guevara, I still can't stand him. I, I think I can't stand him even more now. Trying to, poly, trying to like make good to politic himself back into the championship scene. Go ahead. Watch his backstage segment from tonight. I hate that he popped me. <laughs> like, He'll pop, he's going to pop you too. Yeah, like, like per, per association, poor Ty Mello. But I really couldn't, like, I really don't like no, him. Nothing to do with Ty. Like, I, I, like, I really don't like him even more now. Um, I did like the fact they talked about Warlow and Britt's uh, friendship. I did, I did really enjoy that. Thunder, even Thunder Road's perspective. You know her dealing with her injury, and I kind of like the fact that they're not—they're just—they're dealing with a little bit of everybody, especially like the most important people on the show. So I really am enjoying that, and I'm looking forward to actually watching more because even I only found two episodes, first two episodes, but I did—I did um, 
I didn't enjoy it. Like, I really wanted to watch more. And I did like how they caught Soraya on her return. And we all, like I talked about, like, her, promo, her first promo back was awful. And I'm glad she even said it was awful. And she was like, you know, it's out there. It's my first time. I've never cut a promo. You know, it, it happens out there. And I'm, I'm glad they actually showed her and showed her backstage and showed her growth and her excitement to return. And I believe episode three was about to cover their match at full gear. And I'm looking forward to watching. Hopefully I can find it and, wa- and watch it. And I, I couldn't sit through 95 WCW, so I fast-forwarded to the good stuff <laughs> after Bash of the Beach. So I'm on I think it's the second episode after Bash of the Beach. And I, I do enjoy the whole thing of like them asking everybody, the even the heels, about what they thought about Hogan's turning and stuff like that. And I love how like they kept building it up the entire time throughout both shows. And I love the fact that he wasn't on the first show after Bash at the Beach. I really did enjoy that. And Dima Linko is a is a legend in WCW because I was I really enjoyed him in those few shows that I've watched with him. He because he was on the Nitro. The first two nights was right after that. He lost the Cruiserweight title to Rey Mysterio Jr. And he had a match with Billy Kidman, who did not look like Billy Kidman at that point. And I, I, I'm enjoying it. Ric Flair, of course, is Rick, still Ric Flair. And I'm, I did. It, I, I really did enjoy watching it. I'm looking forward to see what else is going to happen. Is he reminding you of me at all? What was, oh, yes. Definitely. So I really did enjoy watching WCW. I'm going to keep watching as well. And cool. I think that's about it that I watched. Uh, how about you? So, I mean, unfortunately, I was just telling you uh, and the listeners how I've been trying to stop watching the regular weekly WWE product, but I have been. But that's what I really want to talk about since you uh, mentioned All Access. Um, we are recording this right after Dynamite. And just to bring yourself up and to the listeners uh, up to speed, if they're not familiar with what's been going on in AEW, um, I- I'm tipping my hat off to them because there's – I feel like a lot of time they've done real good with long-term long-term story uh, booking, but there's been a, a few times where they've fast shot some things, um, and I've been hearing about that on like podcasts, especially like you know Dax is just um, you know back to him re-signing. He said he's putting his um, his podcast on on ice so he can focus more on family and you know uh, wrestling weekly, but you know. They complained on a live show, everyone in the pinnacle except MJF, about kind of how the story was told. But they did try to like tip, uh, like at least tip their hat to say it's understandable because it was during quarantine time where storyline did kind of have to get hot shot because at a moment's notice, six people were sick that weren't at TV. So there's 22 minutes that got to get filled. All right, well. How about this person will go and you know what? We're supposed to do this in three weeks. Let's just do this tonight. Um, but with all that being said, they've been building up what's going to be MJF's match for double or nothing. And I thought it was so obvious if there was ever going to be a time for a fatal four way, this would be a match. Um, you got these four young guys in the ring, the quote unquote pillars of AEW, Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara, uh, Jungle Boy, Jack Perry, and the world champion, the owner of the Triple V, uh, MJF. How did they get there? So a couple weeks ago, they said they would have a Pillars tournament. Darby Allen gets a pass. Sammy versus Jungle Boy. The winner faces Darby. The winner goes on to face MJF. 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 Now this is you got to watch this from tonight. But a couple weeks ago, MJF and uh, Sammy make a deal. Look, 
I'm going to help you win. Let me give you some ideas. And if I guarantee you win, just you got, you got to take the fall from it. Finger poke a doom style. This is an, all right, look, you won't lay down. That's fine. I'd rather face you anyway, but you know, let's just come to an agreement. MJF helps Sammy screw uh, jungle boy over. He gets counted out, I believe. So, all right, boom. Sammy gets to face Darby this week. Eddie Guerrero spot. Uh, skateboards in Darby's hand. Ref turns. DQ. Freaking MJF and Sammy are kissing. There's a little bit backstory to that that I need you to watch so you can really pop for it. <laughs> but they're celebrating, and the graphic comes on the screen, double or nothing, Sammy versus MJF. In my head, I'm like, so I thought maybe there'd be like a double count out and then I say, all right, you don't got no challenger. Shit, you screwed everyone. All three of them, these guys are going to face you. So while they're celebrating on the stage or in the commentary, you can hear Tony. And they played it out. It wasn't rushed. It went on for about 90 seconds, a little over a minute for sure. Tony's reacting to He's hearing something in his headphone. Uh, Taz and Excalibur, what are you hearing? What's going on? He's like, oh, I'm about to share it. He gets up. He, he calls him a prick. Says, look, next week, tag match. You and Sammy versus Jungle Boy and Darby. Jungle Boy and Darby win. It's a fatal four-way match at the pay-per-view for the title. If you guys win, it's the match as it's currently advertised. So I'm assuming the baby faces are gonna go over and we're gonna get these four young guys in a main event title match at double or nothing, which is pretty huge. And uh, I'm a little iffy on how I am about these four specific guys in the world title picture but um it's cool especially because they've been rocking that pillar title for over a year for these four guys so it's a cool main event that they all deserve i'm really looking forward to it it's bound to happen next week baby phase are going to go over and we still got we have four weeks till the pay-per-view so i look forward to seeing how this builds up yeah i'm interested too because when i saw that i was like oh that makes sense um four old four og guys and Everybody can kind of get their just do at this point because I remember at I believe it was double doing up in two years ago, twenty twenty one or twenty twenty, um, MJF and Jungle Boy had that great match. I think it was an opener at um, double or nothing. Might have been twenty twenty because I remember it was when TNT title first came back first came out. I believe it was that show. They had an excellent opener that night. So I'm I'm interested to see. And despite me like not liking Sammy Guevara, he, he can go. So it'll be a yeah. a really good match. Yeah, I mean, I obviously I'll say it. he's the last person I want to win. I don't even know if I necessarily want a title change. I don't even think the title will possibly change in this match. But Sammy's definitely one who I would want to win at the least. But um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. That's good storytelling. Um, looks like we're gonna see Jay Lethal and uh, Jeff Jarrett running a, a, a title, uh, a tag title storyline. I don't, I don't see them going over. But there was a, a wonky finish. Uh, Jarrett went over on Dax, and then he was he stole J- Dax's belt. Uh, next week we're gonna have Cash versus Lethal and Dynamite. So it's there, there's some good stuff going on. Obviously, I'm following the Dynamite. Oh, the main thing. Um, last week we had um, Tanoske. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm botching his name, but um, Kenny's manager Don Callis brings him out to help save the elite when everyone's probably clamoring for it being Hangman. You, we have um, Kenny and him in a tag match. They go over on sw- uh, Switchblade, um, 
the butcher and the blade. And then Brian's on commentary saying how he should have been training with BCC. You know, I trained with him. He's going to be training with the elites. He's going to be soft, blah, 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 blah. Raven Kenny's about to put the screwdriver in Mox's head. Kenosuke stops him, you know, says it's not what we need to do. Um, they end up mugging the Young Bucks, and they mug Kenny. And then BCC's basically saying, yo, are you with us? They lift his hands. He dropped his hands. Uh, Wheeler drops him with a low blow. And then now I'm like, all right, cool. They put the screwdriver in his head. Now that means we need to get what the fans want. We need to get Hangman's going to come back from this eye injury, and it's going to be four of the original elite. It's going to be, you know, the super elite. I look forward to seeing it. It's going to be a real good, feel-good moment. Some day, day one AEW shit, some Ring of Honor shit, some BC shit. I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. A lot of blood shit in that match. A lot of blood. A lot of blood. It'll <laughs> be good. That, that, I, I that that's going to be a badass. If we get that as a, a as a eight man tag at the pay per view, I don't know if they're going to go blood and guts and do this in the double cage for it, but it's it's going to be crazy. There's going to it's going to be something good. I could see it being like a uh, anarchy in the arena. Type yeah, of I, I, okay. I was about to say, what's the name of that? What was the name of that match that they did last time, which was insane, and that mm-hmm. was an anar- anarchy in the arena. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that as well because I do, I do think they're doing a good job with that. So now we'll get to the meat and potatoes. It's time to grade the game. <laughs> so how, Triple H had the book since uh, late last week of July until now. And basically this era of him is coming to an end because of the draft coming up. So I think we could give him a pretty good review up to this point. So, what would your letter grade be for the Triple H era so far? My letter grade, and not to sound too harsh of a critic, and it might even be out of his control or why it would be this. And maybe I'm even being too nice. Um, You can use plus or minus if you like. I plan... My initial thought is an A minus. Huh. Okay. A minus kind of lean maybe towards a B plus. Um, reason I'm in between, he definitely has revamped the product. I minutes ago spoke highly of the year of 2016. Um, 2016, 2017 in the booking. Mid to late 2018, 2019, I think the product definitely went down dramatically. And I don't think it really ever came back until he was at the helm. And I think he dramatically changed it. Um, I think he brought a lot of viewers back, not even just including myself or you, but a lot of people I know, they got more into it. They were popping for it. And it was just everyone was... The thing I did love, like I, I say all the time, the worst part about being a wrestling fan is wrestling fans. One thing that is positive about wrestling fans, when WWE was really good, boy, were they showing good love to Triple H. And that was really cool to see. Um, and th- when I said he probably doesn't deserve it for like knocking his grade, I'd say the only thing that could be a hindrance to it is the fact that Vince gets back in the fold at all or to whatever extent he is right at this moment. You know, you can't blame him for that. However, it's still part of his era. So 
It ain't perfect. It's B plus or A minus at best. Okay. <clears throat> you ready for this? Well, are you ready? Okay. Pun intended? Yes. So, you were more gracious than I was. I went back and forth with this, but I went B minus. Okay. So my prawn, my, my pros were he based right from the jump, right after SummerSlam. Well, actually, yeah, well, at SummerSlam and the night after SummerSlam when he, when he took over. He put people right back in the positions that they needed to be. So he brought back Becky Lynch to being the man. He, big time Beck was gone, Becky Lynch became the man. Um, Max Dupree becomes, goes, LA Knight, go, LA Knight goes back to being himself instead of Max Dupree. So, Right away, he's rectifying Vince's wrongs. Um, he brought back people. Who, he brought back people who shouldn't have been fired in the first place, i.e., Dakota Kai, Kenny Cross, Hit Row, Bray Wyatt, etc. He made the mid card titles relevant immediately. Gunther was allegedly supposed to be jobbed out, and Vince was over him. But Hunter has turned him into a complete star, and he's on his way to being the longest reign of IC champion in history at this point. And whoever's been U.S. champ has been money. It doesn't matter who. Whether you like Theory or not, he's been excellent as U.S. champion. Lastly, was excellent as U.S. champion. Rollins had a short reign, but he was still great as U.S. champion. It's, uh, it's rememberable. You can, remember him with, you can remember him with this U.S. title reign more than you can remember it with his first U.S. title reign. Yes. And added depth to the tag team division and one thing that I really have enjoyed have been the pay-per-views. They all feel important because he brought he brought over that NXT takeover kind of feeling because there's only five to six matches on the card. They're all given the time that they deserve to tell their stories. And I'm not looking at a card saying that why is this happening? What is this? Like I would with Vince, like I would with Vince. Like I, and and I don't think I've given a pay-per-view. Lower than the high Slobberknocker since Triple H has taken over. Like I love Clash of the Castle. I believe if I gave one a low slob, if I gave one a Slobberknocker, it was probably Extreme Rules. But I do remember really enjoying that show because I thought that show from start to finish was actually really good. So I'm pretty sure everything that he's been done, every paper he's gotten at least a high Slobberknocker out of me, and. Also, he doesn't insult the art intelligence. He's actually going up in history, remembering what happened the previous weeks, and is putting that into storylines and making us not feel like we're dumb like Vince would. Like Vince would just have that whole syndrome of, oh, they'll forget. And a lot of times he was right about that. But you can't uh, insult everybody's intelligence out there. Now, the cons... Now, I'm not going to knock him for Raw because Raw... Will never be good. It's three hours. It's impossible. But the weekly shows haven't been considerably better. Now, SmackDown was already good under Vince, and the popular thing to do is hate Vince. But Vince, SmackDown was good under Vince. Vince did start the Bloodline storyline. That that all got started under Vince, and the Cena Zayn stuff had started as well. So we can't give Triple H all the credit for that. And the women's division has been terrible. It really has. It's been booked like shit. Um, essentially, we've seen the same combination of matches and people since SummerSlam. It's been Bianca, 
Asuka, and Damage Control. And, be and probably Becky until she came back. But it's been all six of those combinations. Six of those, six of those women in different combinations for the entire time. And like the, the WrestleMania World Women's Title main event. Well, Royal Rumble match. For the women's for for women's title at WrestleMania. Terrible story. Great match. Terrible story. Led to nothing. So I had no inkling that Oscar was even going to win that match. And the one thing I'm knocking for, but I'm not... I'm docking him for it because he brought back a lot of people, but none of them have made any kind of impact. Bray Wyatt has been a flop. I'm all for long-term storytelling, but this ain't it. And I'm not sure what's going on with him now, but this wasn't Might be a huge good. fumble bringing him back. Yeah, so like, like I said, but we have to give those signings the benefit of the doubt because there is a new world title. The brand split will be done. So a lot of these guys, like Karrion Cross, for example, will be – Put in better positions and not just floating around on the card. So, oh man, I, I give forgot. Her business never came back. It's a C plus. <laughs> so B minus. B minus. Okay. Well, then I'm. You know, you made a lot of good points. A lot of points. I just I agree with and thought. I just didn't get the butter. Um, it's maybe a B. I, I'm still gonna stick with my B plus. I was between a B plus and an A minus. I'm, I'm going. I'm going B plus with it. Okay, work. That and works maybe for me. that just means Triple H is a B plus player. No, he's an A. He'll get he'll get that A from me when we revisit this again. So there is at least one more topic. Go ahead. So <clears throat> one actually, also I got to tip my hat to him or one thing. And I can't remember, maybe it was December, maybe it was, I think it was definitely a January thing. And I, I was a little more biased to the Raw 30 than a lot of people were. But I always say I'm biased when I'm live. I might be crazy enough to say there was probably, there was a handful, and I even know the most hateful person in the world, Richie Edge, said he watched an episode or two of Raw that he didn't think was bad. I do think under the Triple H regime, there was some acceptable Monday Night Raw episodes that were for being seven hours long, it was good. Yeah, I'm not saying they're all going to be awful, but as far oh, as yeah, like on no. a weekly basis, it's Raw will never be that great. And I can't, I'm saying, not knocking him for that. I think under his regime is the only time that I watched a whole show when I didn't hate myself for watching it. So I'd tip my hat to him for that. But however, we're going to talk about, we're going we're gonna to open the forbidden door. We're going to do an invasion. Uh, we're going to talk about one of the most popular polarizing names. We kind of have mentioned them on the show, but we were talking about Monday Night Raw. There was a former WWE champion backstage this week at Monday Night Raw. Momentarily. Momentarily. <laughs> Tamina got him in. He's also rumored to be back on AEW TV with the rumor of there being a Saturday show starting soon. What are your current thoughts on CM Punk? Well, I think the hype train is is dead as far as when it comes to CM Punk. Now, like, it, of course, it's going to be good to see him back because we're hopefully looking for that real life, real life kind of feud slash storyline with uh, the elite. But I'm not sure if we're actually going to ever get that because it seems to be that that Saturday show will kind of be like dedicated to like Punk. Or whatever, like Punk will be the top star, and then as you know, like they'll come together for the pay per views, so on and so forth. But 
I think the hype train on this is like dead, especially what happened at all out last year. Yeah, I mean, I think the welcome wagon is dead. The hype train in this man can't be stopped. What do you mean it's for you? Like, no. Oh, okay. For wrestling fans in general. I mean, I I thought I was done on it, but I also think so many people were. But also, in the main event tonight, they chanted his name. Okay. Um. He. I mean, also, I don't know. I guess like it's one of those things. Like, yeah, he shows up behind Raw, or, or he shows up backstage at Raw. And I get it, wrestling fans. We can spot people, but like you know, you have the marks out front of the arena that are seeing him, that are clamoring to get a picture with him and shooting a picture where the guy hasn't been backstage at Raw in nine years, and people are like seeing him, like almost like I don't know, in a hoodie and a hat. Couldn't you expect it just to be somebody's friend? Like what? Like the odds of that? Whatever it is, there's still so much buzz. He gets so much attention. No matter what, um, and you know, as much shit as I talk on the dirt sheets, I'm definitely reading them about him. If the rumors are true, he come back. They want to see if he's going to do business per se. Like, how can he handle himself with people? If they put him in, I think they'll bring him in. They'll get him away from uh, the elite. I think Jericho's in a feud with Adam Cole. I think by the time Punk's back, is Punk and Jericho. And if they can be cohesive, cool, they'll unleash Punk with the Elite. That's my prediction. That's kind of how I see it going. But I also, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm mind boggled that after nine and a half years, after him doing, how long was that backstage show on Fox? Uh, probably like three years ago, three, four years ago. No, all right, how long was it, did it air for? A year, less uh, than a year, six pro- months? I'd say about a year. Okay. A year. Punk wasn't on every episode. Let's say if it was on a year, that was 52 episodes. Punk was on 20? Less than half, probably? So, a year, 20, 20 weeks, he went to TV, per se. A lot of these people, they're, they're in AEW. Christian, Joe, Paige, but, or Renee. Pretty much that whole cast. Everybody it is. The whole cast in is. AEW. But, like, he got along with those people, and he never visited them at WWE. They're all they're all in AEW now, and he goes and he visits WWE. I don't know. Like to me, there's, and also I love the idea that like he works for Tony Khan, and he's like, yeah, I'm a wrestler somewhere else, and he went to go visit. Like, hey, I want to bury the hatchet with the Miz. I don't know. I there's it's it's a very it's a very perplexing story. I, it's going to be beautiful when it comes out in a podcast or a dark side episode in 20 <laughs> years. But um, like, I, like I said, I mean, uh, the word polarizing, I think, is the best thing to explain this guy. Um, uh, and between everything from All Out last year, there's so many questions about him. And I think everybody is uh, everybody that ever was a fan, except because, you know, he has his haters. But. Uh, if you were a fan of him once, I, it's been an amazing seesaw effect with his fandom this past year. Okay. Yeah, so, as I said, like, for me, it's like, it's not going to be as, I don't think it'll be as hyped as it was last year. I don't think it's going to get any bigger than that, especially that it was the derailed. Well, you, you can't compare, if you're talking two years ago, like, are we talking about, like, him returning to, or sh- debuting in AEW? Yeah, it's not going to be that 
it's not going to be like that, especially since it can't. It, it can't be. It's yeah. completely different. Coming back from an injury and a temper tantrum, like from almost a year ago, in comparison to coming back after seven years, is is so different. But I think a lot of people would have thought when that dynamite happened the week after All Out that he was exiled from pro wrestling. We're just never going to see this guy. And the fact that eight months later, ten months later, is actually a possibility. He's going to be back. This may be happening. Where is he going? Is he going to be an AEW? Is he going to be coming to the ring with Tamina as his heater or in SmackDown? <laughs> Who knows? All right. All you got Maybe he ends Roman streak. Oh, Lord. <laughs> you will love that. I think everyone would, but I, you know, I just needed to pop the critics before we send them home. All right, all right, guys. So that's it for the show. As always, all podcast platforms: iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, Stitcher, and Ringside. Collect fools use promo code MN and save ten percent off your order. Broken Skull is not sponsoring us, but grab a was that the trip double IPA? Double IPA. Oh God, I'll still be drinking that tomorrow. All right, guys. So. For Andrew Fire, Eric and Becky, I'm Elo Lloyd, and we'll see you guys soon. Talking all of this madness, they talking all of they talking all of they hop on the top rope, by the land with his elbow. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle.